Good morning. Wait, you're here for it. Hold on, ready? Here we go. This is it, the glorious moment when I mm, take that first sip of hot coffee in the morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for listening. Really late start today. I'm actually recording this a little after 8 a.m. I slept in, man. I slept till, I think I woke up at like 7.30 this morning, and I am foggy. Like, I, I slept... Yesterday I slept in. I'm pretty sure Saturday morning I didn't wake up until after 7. I just, I kind of felt burnt out. This is, every once in a while I'll get into a spot where I'm feeling burnt out. Friday afternoon I'm at work. And I I kind of hit a wall. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to be out of there at like 3 o'clock or something. And it's like 2 o'clock. And I just, I start making little tiny mistakes. You know what I mean? Like I start just realizing that I'm doing this wrong and doing that wrong. And, and I, I, and I just realize I'm burnt. I'm tired. I can't look at it anymore. I got to walk away and that's okay. That happens to people. I, I get that. That happens. You know, you can't be freaking Superman and be 24 seven laser focused. I get that. Not that I'm even close to that, but every once in a while, you just got to walk away. Well, I had every intention of going to work today, but I came home Friday. I'll, by the way, I didn't, I wasn't done Friday night. I had a uh, beautiful charity gig, which I'll talk about in a little while that I uh, catered for. And again, I don't often publicize these, but somebody else did. And so I'm going like, oh, okay, I'm going to talk about this one. Um, it's so Saturday was really my first time off and I just crashed, man. I just went home uh, Friday night, crashed into Saturday. And, and then I told my wife, I said, well, I'm going to work tomorrow, meaning today, Sunday. And she was like, no, you're not. You're just not. I mean, first of all, she's got one or two things she wants to do today, but also I think she's seeing going like, no, you just just have a weekend, you know. And so I am. I'm having it. I'm feeling it. And uh, had a good time this weekend. I mean, last night we had. Oh, actually, I'll start yesterday afternoon. I had my son. My wife went to work at Redbird Market. We went to visit her around lunchtime. And originally, my wife and I were supposed to have a date night last night. We were going to go to dinner and a movie because I was thinking a few weeks ago, man, it's been forever since we've just gone out on a traditional dinner and a movie date night. Let's do that. And so I asked her a few weeks ago, will you go out with me? Kind of like old school. Will you go on a date with me? And um, and she said, yes, of course. Thank God. She still likes me. And um, wait, did I hear a daddy in the background? My son might be coming for me in a second. Um, anyway, so I, I we we have this date planned, and oh, what's going on, Leo? Come here, come here real quick. Well, can you come here real quick and tell me what you have here? Daddy's doing a podcast. Do you want to tell Daddy? Come here, and also, why why aren't you wearing any pants? Why are you wearing no pants? You're outside right now. You need to be wearing pants. What do you have in your hands, real quick? Tell me. Glow in the dark cars. Glow in the dark cars. Can I come play with your glow-in-the-dark cars after Daddy finishes a podcast? Okay. Okay. Take them upstairs and show me. Yep. Okay, good, good. I'll come find you in a little bit, okay? He already found one. Wow, he's got his glow-in-the-dark cars. Cool, dude. Cool. I am excited to play. Let Daddy just finish his podcast, and I'll be right up, okay? Okay. Oh, sorry. Hold on a second. Wife, yes? Yes, you can pick basil out of the garden, yes. Is it ready to pick? Yes, you can, yes. Is that, I don't understand the question. Is that an okay answer? Yes, you can pick it. What are you asking? She's just staring at me, I don't understand. 
she asked me if the basil is ready to pick out of the garden and i said yes and then she just stared at me for like 30 seconds i don't know what i did wrong <sighs> okay uh, where was i <laughs> yes. okay all right now there's more daddy going on i don't know if a podcast is going to happen today how can i help you this time googs what's going on You saw a cardinal? I saw it too. I saw a red bird fly by and a blue bird fly by. See, we plant, we have the uh, Country Max bird seed. A blue jay, that's right. You're right. It's called a blue jay. See, we have the um, Country Max bird seed in our bird feeder in our backyard, and it is the hot spot, let me tell you, in the neighborhood. So I'm watching right now. There's at least four birds on it right now and a couple waiting in line. And yes, there was a cardinal and a blue jay that went by recently. Oh, I see the blue jay even right now. Okay, anyway, focus, podcast. So my son and I go to visit my wife at Redbird Market yesterday afternoon. My wife breaks the news to me yesterday morning. She doesn't want to go on the date anymore. She wants to do a family night. What it turns out to be is that she did not uh, get a babysitter in time. Now, before you hear that and go, okay, Paulie, like that's her job, I have volunteered literally a thousand times to be the one to find the babysitter and she always says no if she let me find a babysitter we'd have babysitters lined up weeks in advance but she typically waits till the very last second and then of course she can't find anybody and plans get canceled so it happened last night now we're not going out to dinner we have our son okay that's great we're gonna have a family night that sounds fantastic so what are we gonna do originally the plan was go out to dinner well i bring leo to fairport we're at redbird market and i start thinking about it's a beautiful day outside we're going to have a family night. What are we going to do? And I remember there's the Colonial Bell in Fairport, the, the, the Erie Canal cruises that they do. And that the office for where you buy tickets is like right behind where Redbird Market is. So I go, hey, Leo, you want to go for a walk and see if we can buy tickets to go on a boat ride tonight? And he starts flipping out. He's like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So um, we walk down behind Redbird Market across Main Street in Fairport, and we are going to the Colonial Bell Ticket Office. On our way to my left, I'm looking at all the little stores because I wasn't sure exactly where the ticket office was, and I see a sign for Bill Moran Productions. In the little, in the, in the, like, there's like a, um, I don't know if you call it a plaza or a strip mall or something there in Fairport, and the Bill Moran Productions is one of the little stores. There's an actual storefront for the Bill Moran podcast. And I looked in there uh, for a second, but it didn't want to seem creepy, so I didn't, <laughs> didn't linger too, too long. But then, uh, fun fact, later, when we come back to go on the actual Colonial Bell, closer to like 5 o'clock or so, we pull into that parking lot, and I can see in there again. And he was actually in there that time. So that's cool. He's got like a, a location, and he's doing it. And I think that's awesome. Um, anybody goes for anything. I always root for success for anybody. And I think that's fantastic that he's, like, going for it. Just go for it, man. I mean, it's clear that radio's not the future. Is podcasting the future? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. It seems to me like niche audiences are just a thing that probably aren't going away now because of the fact that you have so many options. You're not going to listen to something unless you're truly, really a huge fan of it. It's, it seems a lot less likely. So I think... All radio and podcasting, all of us have to get used to the fact that we're probably going to have smaller, however, more dedicated audiences than we had years ago. And and I, I don't see any reason he can't make a living doing that. A dedicated audience is an audience that listens through advertisements and supports those brands. And that's how you make money. So <clears throat> God, God bless him and good luck to him. Anyway, back to Colonial Bell. So 
We end up getting our tickets. We're going to go on the Colonial Bell, 6.30. Okay, they had two two showings yesterday and they were both kind of inconveniently timed because one left at 2.30 and one left at 6.30 and the 2.30 was a little earlier than we wanted. The 6.30 was a little later, but it was all good. The 6.30 ended up being perfect. So we buy tickets. We end up going to dinner at Mulconnery's in downtown Fairport. And uh, it's a pretty good dinner except for the fact that towards the end, my son decides he's going to chuck a pepper shaker at the ground, which of course shatters. <laughs> I texted Damien. I go, I owe you a pepper shaker. I'm so sorry. Um, and then we're over to the Colonial Bell where we had a wonderful, wonderful time. It's just, you know, obviously the weather, it's so weather dependent, but the weather was perfect. You're up and down the canal. You're getting a little bit of, of a, a tour to a, a narrated tour. The captain, she is explaining to you everything you're going by, and, and you end up in lock 32. You get to actually experience what it's like to be in a lock. So really cool. I would I would definitely recommend the Colonial Bell to anybody. And if you, if you get your tickets in enough advance, which we didn't because we were day of, but if you get them in enough advance, you can actually also eat dinner on the Colonial Bell. You can order dinner. So I thought that was really cool. Um. On the Colonial Bell, too, I saw two ladies who uh, were fans of the podcast who I promised I'd give a shout-out to. We took a selfie as well. Selfie Sue and MJ. Nice to meet you, ladies. Nice to meet you very much. Thank you for saying hello. They saw me on one of my nine trips to the bathroom because my toddler, I don't know why, but decided he needed to go to the bathroom approximately once every 15 minutes on this cruise. So, (laughs) Let me take another sip of coffee. Okay. Let me look at my agenda. What else were we going to talk about? I got a lot of business stuff, businessy stuff to talk about. I want to talk about my charity dinner that I did Friday night as well. That was such a great experience. Um, it was a group that's bought one of these charity dinners several times. This time it was through the MCC Foundation. So you had Gretchen Wood from MCC. You had um, Mark Sewick and Duffy Palmer. Mark is one of the most marquee. I think he's actually the most successful real estate agent in like the you know, the uh, several county area. Uh, it was at the home of Lauren Dixon and Mike Schwabel, who I've gushed about many times. Bob Duffy and his wife were there as well from the chamber. Bob, of course, uh, many, many pasts with Bob Duffy. Uh, who am I missing? Um, the uh, Wegmans head of HR, Kevin, was there, his beautiful wife as well. And then, of course, my favorite person in the whole wide world, Jen Newman, president and CEO of uh, Young Lion, and her husband, Tom, were there as well. And I just love Jen. I love talking to Jen. Jen is like Jen is like who I aspire to be. Jen is like a, a freaking – she's just me but like more successful and smarter. <laughs> so, so I like – I just – every time I see her, I feel terrible because I'm like this poor woman can't get rid of me because I'll just talk to her for like – if she let me, I would talk to her for hours because <laughs> like it's there's just enough overlap between her life and my life that we can speak the same language but she's just on such another level that i'd never stop asking questions so mm-hmm. exactly um that was a great dinner and and by the way the dinner was a little bit of a twist too because we really wanted to kind of razzle dazzle and make some good money this year so we added a few things instead of me just kind of doing a catering job it was an actual class. So I did a, I showed them how to make fresh pasta by hand. And then there was a pescatarian in the group. Gretchen Wood is actually a pescatarian. So 
I needed some sort of a, a, a fish dish. And so I made a shrimp linguine kind of live right in front of them. And I did that because shrimp linguine is just the world's easiest thing. It's the easiest thing you've ever made in your life. Shrimp linguine, easy recipe, ready? Little butter, little oil in a pan. Let's saute down a shallot. Okay, let's get some raw shrimp in there and just cook those off. Quick minute on each side. Let's deglaze that pan with some wine. Let's get our pasta in there, a little bit of pasta water, put our shrimp back. And then we are going to put a nice bountiful amount of uh, fresh Parmesan cheese in there. Mix that up a little bit. Serve that with some fresh parsley on top. And I'm also going to drizzle some fresh lemon juice on top as well. You get yourself a shrimp linguine. And I was able to do that in front of them, despite only having made that dish about five times in my entire life and not having made it uh, probably since before the pandemic. So I pulled that out of my ass. That was great. That worked. Worked okay. Um, Another cool thing I got to do this week was I got to interview somebody for Rochester Rotary, and I wish I had recorded it and turned it into a podcast, but I'm not smart enough. And that is Donna Didi, president and CEO of Holy Childhood. On Tuesday at our Rochester Rotary lunch... Um, every once in a while, once every couple of months, we'll do a program where we highlight a current Rotarian. And we decided to do Donna. And Donna has such a rich history. Donna was, of course, a longtime television personality in Rochester. And she's lived several careers because she left television and went to become a uh, the VP of marketing at the United Way. Then left that to go and become the president of Bishop Carney for several years. And then she left that and went to become the president and CEO of Holy Childhood, where she is today. And a couple of things um, that I learned from her. One thing that is kind of a point that I have already learned, but just hearing again somebody with her experience and her sort of um, just her amount of prestige say and realize, oh, this is okay, I'm on the right track here, is how important it is to build relationships and listen. And a couple examples she gave, one was that she had befriended Tom Golisano relatively early on, but never asked him for anything. All she was ever asking him for was advice. Just wanted to be his friend. Never, hey, I'm looking for money. And she said in those early meetings, he's asking her, so what do you want? What do you want? You know, tell me what you want. What's the number? What's the number you want? And she would just always say, she would say, sir, I, I don't want anything. I just want your advice. And I think you know, between that and my story about interviewing Tom on the radio and him saying he didn't want to talk about some of those shinier topics like running for governor or owning the Sabres, being married to Monica Sellis, those were stories he did not want us to talk about, but that he was perfectly fine talking about paychecks. In fact, he kind of lit up and became like a little boy again when I was like, sir, I just want to talk about paychecks. Same thing with Donna. She's like, sir, I'm not asking for money. I just want your advice. I've got a couple pickles I'm in. And you are who you are. You've accomplished what you've accomplished. I was wondering, can I just ask you a few questions about how you would handle these situations? Well, that relationship did end up turning into a $3 million donation a few years down the road. So, again, we're talking about just, you know, what a what an absolutely beautiful lesson in terms of relationship building as opposed to selling. Right? Right? It's just so good. The other thing she talked about is how when she first went to Bishop Carney, she came in and to a certain extent ruled with an iron fist, right? Came in and kind of felt like she needed to show her strength and came in and really asserted herself as the boss and looks back on that time now and, and wonders if maybe she could have taken a different approach, 
right? And I don't want to put words in her mouth, and I don't remember her exact words, but it was something along the lines of she had she had to learn something, which she ended up learning later when she went to Holy Childhood, where she's now the CEO of, of a company in charge of uh, handling uh, people with disabilities. And she's never done this before, yet she's now in charge of it. And so instead of coming in and ruling with an iron fist and saying, here's how it's going to be, she comes in and says, folks, um, I know nothing about this particular thing. I don't know anything about uh, disabilities. I'm here to learn. I want you all to tell me and teach me how to do my job. And it really just turned into what she kept on saying was the transferable skill from career to career to career, which was, of course, communication, which I just thought was such a good lesson. And that's why I'm so lucky to learn from people like her and Donna Didi and whatnot. Donna Didi, excuse me, Donna Didi and all those people at the uh, the dinner on Friday night, Jen Newman, and just really, really influential people that I love learning from. Um, let's talk a little business, some stuff bumming me out right now. My wife wants to go down to the Brighton Farmer's Market when I get done with this podcast. Of course, if you listen to this podcast a bunch of times, you know my current thoughts on the Brighton Farmer's Market. Does It does, it, it does, um, how do I put this? It does hurt my soul just a little bit to go down there. I love supporting the vendors. That's the part that is easy. I love going down there, seeing the vendors and supporting them, of course. This has never been about the vendors. But, of course, the leadership of the Brighton Farmers Market is not my favorite people in the world right now. I don't have any hatred towards them or anybody else. I'm not rooting against them. I love the market. I hope it exists. But I just disagree with some decisions um and you might say you know paul you disagree with the fact that they don't put you in the market well yes but also the fact that it does look like their rules are not really written correctly because they make subjective choices and decide when they're going to break rules with no real rhyme or reason and or accountability to the public right i mean i'm a brighton taxpayer brighton voter and i've got questions they literally just won't answer about how the market is run and why I can't get in there and make money to feed my family. So, I mean, I, you know, it, listen, I feel like I've got a case and I'm just kind of being told, go away, kid, you know, and I ask for answers and they don't get, and I don't get them. So I don't know. Yes, I know what you're thinking. Well, have you tried talking to a lawyer? No, that's not what you were thinking. Okay. Well, hey, <laughs> you can tell that's the direction I want to go in. So Oh, wait a second. Hold on a second. We have another guest here. Hello, Leo. Uh, I'm going to put this car. Oh, he has his glow-in-the-dark car. He ran away, though. Okay. I can't wait to see it. The glow-in-the-dark car. I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. He's got his glow-in-the-dark matchbox cars. He is also running through our backyard right now with absolutely no pants on. He's got a t-shirt on. The t-shirt covers most, but as he runs, it doesn't cover everything. <laughs> so... So I talked to, I've talked to actually two lawyers. I talked to one guy very much off the record, just over lunch. He had listened to the podcast and he had said, you know, hey, I heard the thing about Brighton Farmer's Market. I said, what do you think, man? Am I crazy? And he was like, look, it's, you know, it's exactly how you said, I said. I mean, he goes, it's not, you're not going to court for this. There's no like, there's nothing like that. This is such a tiny little thing. He said, one thing you probably have is is what you keep on saying, which is they do probably need to write in their rules more clear a more clear definition of the ins and outs of who gets in and who doesn't. Because it does seem they've left a little too much up to subjectivity. And when you do that, 
you end up with um, contradictions. And when you get contradictions, people ask questions, which is what I'm doing. I'm asking questions about these contradictions that I'm finding. And, you know, they're not comfortable answering them. And instead, they just kind of look at me as the annoying guy who won't go away. And now I get to go down to their market and feel awkward. But it is what it is. I'll walk up to them with a big smile and a handshake. The other lawyer uh, actually liked it a lot. was like, I'll write a letter. Um, but that was a few weeks ago, and I'm afraid to afraid to bother him because I feel like he's just doing me a favor writing this letter. And I don't know that he ever did write it or send it, but I am hoping that, like, you know, eventually he does. <laughs> I kind of just want to – I don't know. I don't know why I can't let it go. I know. Here's the other thing because here's the other thing. Here's what hurts. I feel like I got a lot of sweat, blood, and tears into this business, okay? Some of you guys have been with me since the beginning. You know I got blood, sweat, and tears into this business. And I just got dealt another little blow this week, which when I tell you what it is, you're going to be like, oh, my God, Polly, move on. What a stupid thing to be upset about. But there's this new little grocery store that opened in um, the, the uh, North Winton Village. It's actually in Culver Road called Provisions, and it's these three farmer's market people who have all sort of popped up over the last couple of years doing farmer's markets and hustling, man. Farmer's market, that that circuit, I did it for a couple of years. That circuit is a hustle. It is an absolute hustle. But they've all popped up over the last couple of years. They befriended each other. They found this little place on Culver Road and they were like, hey, let's rent it out and run like almost a year-round farmer's market and um, and run it all on consignment, which consignment is a separate topic I'd like to come back to in a moment. But so I went there old school, right? I went old school and now I'm the old guy in the room because I go in old school. I bring a case of sauce. I shake hands with one of the owners and I start telling him, give him my elevator pitch. And, uh, and he's very, very sweet, very nice guy and everything. And, and he just kind of says, okay, well, we'll consider it. Well, of course we don't get in. It turns out they're young which means they've got online, you have to apply online to be a vendor in their store. So I go on, I fill on the online application, and I get a nice letter back from one of the other owners basically saying, thank you so much for your application. I am familiar with your products, and I think they're great. You know, unfortunately, at this time, yada, yada, yada. Well, then, I'm listening to them on um, my buddy's podcast, Stromy, Food About Town, my favorite podcast in Rochester, and he's interviewing them, and they're talking about how their mission really is to give upstarts a a shot which i love that mission love that mission and um i hear that and i go okay i get it like i I get where my product probably wouldn't belong in that store because i'm not perceived by them these these the kids i guess i'll call them kids i don't know how old they are but these kids who over the last few years they run the farmer's market scene they haven't seen me there right they just see my product in supermarkets and they go well he's a different thing but they don't know that I did that the whole circuit they're doing right now. I did that before they did it. I've been there. I've done that. I built that, right? And I have a hard time Hi, understanding. Hello, Leo. Look at what I got. I see that, buddy. You got your glow-in-the-dark car, and that is awesome. But anyway, I have a hard time not being that hungry day one entrepreneur and wanting to be in the cool new spot. You know what I mean? Like, I have a hard time with that. I have a hard time with being, um, you know, considered to be the old guard. Because I don't know how or when it happened. And is it linked to success? Because with Brighton Farmer's Market... Yes, Leo! 
I see all those birds. We got a lot of birds on the bird feeder right now. And uh, I don't know if it's linked to success and why you wouldn't, if you're me, why, why you wouldn't look at that as a great thing, right? Like, it's all, uh, like with Brighton Farmer's Market, it was described to me that I was almost too successful to be at the Brighton Farmer's Market. You would look at that and you would go, well, how is that not a giant compliment? Cool, dude. How is that not a giant compliment? But, you know, again, I'm looking at it and I'm going, hey, I don't, you can't forget where you came from. You got to, and by the way, that's how you build the foundation of a brand is through things like farmer's markets and um, uh, really just identifying where you believe your target customer is and being where they are, meeting them there, shaking their hand, smiling, hearing their story, telling them your story, and then giving them, breaking bread with them, giving them a sample of your product. And uh, I don't know, that's two, two now, two this year where I've been told essentially too successful right weird it's just a weird thing for me to sit with i don't know i get in defense of provisions they did not say those words in defense of them they did they did not use those words they just kind of said no and then i later heard them describe who they're putting in their store and who they're not and i was like oh, okay and i put two and two together so again I'm in 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 defense uh, another thing that I wanted to bring up was last week I talked quite a bit about a client we had who we were firing, I guess, kind of mutually. He kind of quit us. We fired him. It was kind of a mutual. Um, oh, yep. Yeah, hold on. Yes, Leo. Um, look at this car. Wow. Look at that car. That is amazing. It was just kind of a mutual split uh, where we were under the impression that he should have to pay his bill and he was not under that impression. <laughs> I love saying that. Um, So because he showed us over and over that he had no intention of paying his bill anywhere near on time, we simply changed his terms to prepay. And he threw a fit and he quit at the exact same time that we were probably going to fire him anyway. So it was just kind of a mutual split. Well, many of you, many, many of you have come up to me. And I mean, I love this because I've gotten... So much feedback on this topic, more than I even realize. Listen to this podcast. I mean, when I say I get a lot of feedback, sometimes I'm talking about three or four people. This has got to be 15 to 20 people that have reached out to me to to write me and tell me about you did the right thing. Get rid of this client who's being a pain in your ass. So thank you all for that. I appreciate that. As far as the stress of business this week, I did have a relatively key employee quit this week. Um, you know, look, I mean, I, I love all my employees. Of course I do. And this particular guy was key. The business will survive without him, of course, but still paid in the butt to replace and figure out how are we going to shuffle who we're going to shuffle. So that was kind of my stress this week. Um, and also then I had a second guy who I found out pretty late on Friday has been telling some of the other employees that he's going to quit. And so I was thinking about confronting him tomorrow morning. I don't exactly know how I should do that or if I should or if I shouldn't, but I don't like that he's going around telling everybody what he's going to do. Um, so anyway, that's that's where I'm at with stress right now. Uh, another stressful thing, but kind of in an exciting, it's, a, it's an excitingly stressful thing. This I'm happy to be stressed about this is that uh, I recently joined the RBTL board, as I told you about, and I am so excited, very passionate about this board. 
but they have a golf outing in six weeks, and I have been put in charge of running a 15-minute program at the end of golf. Yes, Leo? My, my my Your car is turning colors. Yeah. It's glow-in-the-dark, so when you go in the closet, it glows. Yes, it does. Where are your pants? Do you have pants anywhere? Is your mommy concerned about your lack of pants? Okay. Again, there's no pants, and he is outside right now. (laughs) So, RBTL. Yes, golf outing in six weeks, and I got put in charge of, kind of volunteered to be in charge of, but also kind of got put in charge. I got put on the golf committee. It's a two-person committee. They've been doing it a very long time. They're looking for some youthful energy, and they want some additional revenue, so they want to do a small little program at the end of the golf outing this year and try and do maybe a live auction. So three, four live auction items, plus maybe a quick little program, some entertainment. They've got some scholarship students who may get up there and perform you know, a four- or five-minute piece from a very famous hit Broadway musical, which I think will be great. We'll get a quick little speech on the scholarships we give away. We'll get a quick CEO report from the great Arnie Rothschild and then hit them with three or four live auction items, see if we can't raise a few extra thousand dollars there right at the end. I think it's great. Problem is now I need live auction items. Obviously, we got our own stuff we can pull from, RBTL, right? So we've got a box uh, to uh, to an upcoming show, which I think we'll do as one item. Another item we've got is uh, Bill's Jets tickets in New York, And I don't know the schedule, so correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, I think it might be Aaron Rodgers' first game or something. I'm not not 100% sure about that, but it was – somebody was telling me something about it. It's a very significant game, and it had something to do with Aaron Rodgers. So I'm just kind of guessing maybe it's Aaron's first game. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we've got those tickets, but that's in New York, so I'm looking at that going, geez, we really should throw a hotel stay on that, right? And make that a live auction item. But what I really need is one or two more live auction items. So, hey, listen, I'm going to go to the board tomorrow, write a quick little email to everybody and say, what do you got? And there's some names on that board like Robert Mann of Mann's Jewelers and, of course, Naomi Silver from the Red Wings who are going to step up. I know they're going to step up with some live auction items. But if you happen to be listening to this and you would like to donate a live or silent auction item to the Rochester Broadway Theater League Golf outing, I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Uh, Speaking of that, end of the season this week, To Kill a Mockingbird in town. Very excited. I don't think I've ever been there for a... Yes, I have, actually. I was going to say I've never been there for something other than a musical. Yeah, I went to the Magicians, and also, what did I go to? I went to... Oh, we went to the Nutcracker one year, too, my wife and I. So, But To Kill a Mockingbird is just a straight play. It's not a musical, it's a play. I'm really excited about it. I'm going with my mother on Friday night. In fact, I have an aunt, a couple of cousins, um, and uh, mom and dad all coming to town this week. Thursday night, they're coming to my cooking class. Friday night, we're going to Dinosaur Barbecue, and then to Kill a Mockingbird. And then Saturday, we're kind of just out and about in Canandaigua looking for something to do. So it's going to be a fun week. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. As always, you are very much appreciated, and I hope you have a great week.